May God fill our hearts and lives with His presence. We need Him every moment of our life. Let's open our Bibles for a verse or two in Second, First uh, Peter, please. First Peter, chapter two, and verse two. Like newborn babes. Long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. I want to read the the same verse from the New Living Translation. The Living Translation reads, You must crave pure spiritual milk, so that you can grow into the fullness of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment as a baby cries for milk. Okay, that translates it a little bit better. So, let's cry out for the word of God. For spiritual milk as a baby cries out for his little milk. One of the characteristics of all children is growth. Do you agree with me? When we are born, we start our new life as babies. And if we are healthy, if the baby is healthy, we will grow up day by day with the help of responsible parents. And that's the norm. Not only that, but as we grow and advance in understanding, we will yearn to grow more, seeking the right nourishment to become men, and women profitable for our own families and eventually for our community. So it is with Christian life. When we are born, we start as babies. And as the days and years go by, and as we feed on the unadulterated word of God, we start our growth our spiritual appetite will increase to full maturity with responsibilities to impart into others the true Christian spirit that this world needs so much. And as we grow, and if we're close to God, we start learning that we need to place God first in our lives. D.L. Moody tells the story of the Christian teacher, Dr. Bonar, who once said that he could tell when a Christian was growing. In proportion to his growth, in grace, he would elevate his master. He would start talking less about himself and what he's doing. He start talking less about his achievements and he becomes smaller and smaller in his own esteem until, like the morning star, he fades away when the sun rises. That's the growth we all look forward to. John the Baptist once said, I am a voice. Of one crying in the wilderness. He said, 
I am not a one, a voice. Do you see a voice? Did you ever see a voice? You hear a voice. And he said, I am a voice. I don't want to be seen. And already hidden. And then he adds on in John chapter 1 and verse in chapter 3. Now he adds on. He says, he must increase. But I must decrease. And in view of that, we're like a family. How do we measure Christian growth? I want the Lord to challenge our hearts today. How do we measure Christian growth? Where do we stand vis-a-vis this? I tried through my experience and with the help of the Word of God to bring to your attention of some Types of church members or church goers, whichever fits well with you, okay? And uh, I came up with the following. There are some who grow and uh, in the church, they think they're growing by going through the motions. You all know the story of the, in the Bible of the magician. Simon, who astonished the people with his magic. But when he heard the preaching of the gospel from Peter and the results thereof, he went to Peter and offered money to purchase the word of God. He says, I want to be like you. I want to be able to speak like you and to bring people to love me so much and follow me. To the point of worship. I want to do these miracles. Paul Peter looked at him for a see. I said. I, I see that you have no portion in this matter. Your heart is not right before God. For I see you are, you are in the gall of bitterness. And in the bondage of iniquity. You think that you could go through the motions. And dazzle people and make them think that you are a true child of God. You are only a magician and you are being used by the devil himself. No, sir. These people exist today in churches. I want to let you know that. They do. There are so many people who go through the motions only. And they think sometimes that they fool others. But you know one thing? People are not fooled. And they can tell who is genuine and who is the person who is just putting up and going through the motions. These people have their own measurements. And, you know, the measure of a fulfilled Christian is the growth achieved, as we said before, as he goes along in life. In the church of God, according to what I understand and the Bible says, some Christians grow fast. Have you seen those? They grow fast. They get saved. 
They want to obey the Lord. They want to do His will. They just take off and grow fast. Whatever you tell them, they obey. Whatever they hear, I want to do it. I want to please God in my life. These are fast growers, fast trackers. In corporations, they tell fast trackers. And there are some who slowly grow, and they keep growing. And there are some who show no signs of growth. I don't want you to look around. I don't want you to say, I'm not this person. I don't want to say, oh, I know about someone like that. Don't do that. Look at yourself and see where you stand this morning. To, okay? As the mirror, the word of God is your mirror. And when you look at it, say, well, where am I standing today? Am I a fast grower? Am I those people who grow slowly? Or am I just not growing at all in the church of God? Am I drinking the milk that we read about? We're talking those people who have their own measurements. And what I mean by that, they appraise themselves by themselves. Paul addressed that. And he said, I'm in 1 Corinthians 4.4. He says, I am conscious of nothing against me. He says, I don't see anything that I need to uh, talk about myself or appraise myself. Yet, I am not by this acquitted. But the one who appraises me is the Lord. He says, I'm not going to give me an appraisal. You know, in the past, in corporations, many of you work for corporations and you've gone through. uh, The manager, every uh, year, they they call you in and appraises you. Okay? And he gives you uh, one, two, three, four, or whatever is the measurement that they use in corporations. If you're one, you walk on water. You're Jesus Christ. If you're two, you are exceeding. If you're three, you're meeting. If you're four, you need development out the door. And these people appraise themselves. There are so many people in the church today. This category, they put their own self-measurements. Like the little boy who came to his mother. And listen to this. He says, Mama, I am as tall as Goliath. And he's barely two feet. I am nine feet high. What makes you say that? Ask the surprised mother. Well, I made a little ruler of my own and measured myself with it. And I am nine feet tall. Here you go. Here you go. There are many people who follow the little boy's method, measuring themselves by a rule made of their own making. Are we in tune this morning? Are we communicating together? There are so many. There's this category found in many churches. When I say the church, the church in general, in general, these people, they have paved their own way to heaven, provided they do not have to believe, think, say, or do anything the Bible says. They, they have their own appraisal. 
Nowadays in corporations, you appraise yourself and present it to your manager. Does he agree with you? If he agrees with you, that's okay. Do you know one thing? I haven't met one of my employees when I used to work for a big corporation that appraised himself or herself as borderline or as I'm lacking in this or I am not so good. Everyone appraised themselves that I am exceeding the requirement of the job. I said... And so it is. So and then the manager has to sit down with the employee and bring them down to their level and talk to them and tell them, no, you're not exceeding. You lack in this and lack in that and lack in that. They come to a conclusion and then the appraisal, uh, appraisal goes on. And there are many in the church of God says, I appraise myself and I measure myself. I want to tell you something. <clears throat> God tells us that those Measuring themselves among themselves, they are not wise. Okay, uh, the Bible is so nice and so good. When it says not wise, what is it? Fools? They're fools. Look what the Bible says in Second Corinthians ten twelve. You don't have to open, I'll read it. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Is there such a category in the church? Yes. Their measure, they have, they put their own measure. I once uh, heard Charles Stanley speaking about the same subject. And he says there are some people that they have, they say, I want to go with the Lord thus far. And then they put the hedge down here. And he walked, uh, he walked across the, uh, the, the stage and he put uh, just, he says, this is the border. This is how much I want to give God of myself. And this is my measurement. This is the way I want to live. Oh, crossing the hedge, it's not, it's not my responsibility. It's other people's responsibility. Those people, they are living by their own measurements, by their own rule, by their own standard. They have placed the standard. They say, I'm nine feet, and that's it. Whether he's five feet or three feet, I am nine feet tall. They have made it their own measurement. But you know one thing? We need to wise up and look what God has. What are the measurements of God? God has one standard measurement. Randy spoke about it about two, three months ago. What are the standard measurements of God? God has one standard measurement. And he tells us, all have sinned. That's the measurement. And have come short of the glory of God. So throw the measurement aside. Whether you're nine or six or three or whatever. Let's measure ourselves against God's own measurement. Where do you stand with that? Where do we stand with that? These are the people that, those who are living through the motions and trying to live a Christian life without experiencing the change that is made by the Holy Spirit in the heart of each and every one. I want to be like him. A bunch of wannabes, right? I want to be like her. 
Why don't you like to be like, Chris, like Christ himself? I want to be like Christ. I don't want to imitate anybody. I don't want to look at any measure here on earth. I want to look at Christ and measure myself by Christ's standard. And then we'll come short. Definitely we'll come short. That's fine if we come short. But at least we're looking at Christ. And day by day we're growing by drinking the milk which is the word of God daily. Then there are those who live on emotional experiences. Did you ever meet some of those? Uh, I, I won't tell you I met many of those. <clears throat> Have you ever had the experience of discussing Christian beliefs with one of those I felt? I dreamt. I had a dream yesterday. I sensed. They live on their senses. I heard the preacher and I had goosebumps. That's wonderful. And he spoke, oh, what a feeling when he described that when they went on vacation. I said, okay, well, fine, where are we going to go with this? And the music, we had about 45 minutes of music. And I was taken to a different planet on this music. These are senses, feelings. And you know where feelings come? They are not from God. And if they are not from God, where are they from? I leave it up to you. Very soon we're going to have Christmas here. I mean, we'll celebrate Christmas and I'm looking forward. I love the Christmas season. But, let me, how many people sing along the Messiah during Christmas season? How many times do you say, well, I'm singing along with the Messiah in our community. We're singing and people sing along with the Messiah. They're on a high. They live for the event. Huh? They go and sing the Messiah. And after they sing the Messiah, and that's even before, before Christmas comes, after that, there's no church, there's no singing, there's no nothing. They what? They live on emotional experiences. And they are on a high. And the least thing that come to their lives, those people who are on an emo- emotional, whatever, okay, the least thing, the least thing that come their way, they crash and burn. But those who have their eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't live on feelings. They don't live on senses. They don't live on, I heard and I felt and I, I, I'm, I dreamt. No, not at all. Feelings have nothing to do with salvation. Moody once asked a man, worried about his salvation because he did not feel any different after he got saved and he couldn't, He couldn't get hold of himself. And he asked him, Was Noah safe in the ark? The man replied that he was. Mm -hmm. What saved him, asked Moody. His feelings or the ark? If you have any problems with feelings, I think this should should answer your question. Oh, yes. The man saw the point and said, What a fool I have been. It is Christ alone who saves. There is no, I repeat, there is no anchor 
to attach yourself to other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Not stories, not feelings, not any person you have met in your life, nor anything under the sun. Jesus Christ alone. Everything changes. We are living in a changing world. Do you agree with me? Every day. But the one that never changes, unchanging, Jesus Christ alone. Put your trust in Him and live. Don't live on your emotions. Emotions go and come. One day we're happy. Sometimes you get up from you get up in the morning. What do you feel? Cranky, yeah? Did you ever hear that? I'm cranky. Don't talk to me. I'm not a morning person. Come on. And I'm, I'm an evening person and so on and so forth. Why? Because we're made out of emotions, out of feelings. There's blood that runs through the veins. And all. We, we go, we have moods. But these we should not depend on. Your salvation does not depend on your mood. This is why there are so many crash and burn because they are living on their moods. Oh, today we are up. Okay. That means God is down. Today I'm down. That means God is up. God has a standard. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change moods or does not change according to the weather forecast. You know, people, so many people hate, hate the winter. I love the winter. And I love the summer. I love everything. Okay? I enjoy that. I enjoy them. But in winter, it has to rain. I don't expect summer in winter. And people don't like winter because, oh, it's always gloomy. It makes you gloomy. Oh, it makes me happy. <laughs> the clouds, those dark clouds, that means rain and dark. It makes me happy. Because rain is coming, it's going to replenish the earth. And then after that, what are we going to have? Clear blue skies. But these are changes. The Lord does not depend on changes. Your life does not depend on changes. Your life depends on the Lord Jesus Christ, who never changes. There are some like that. I hope you're not. And there's... A lady once told a preacher that she knew she was a Christian because she had had a dream in which she had seen Christ. Get that. The man replied, never mind, madam. What you did when you were asleep, what have you done when you are awake? Salvation does not depend on dreams, my friends, but on the finished work. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we clear on that? We must be sure. That there was. There is a personal transaction. Between your own soul. And himself. And it is. Not your work. That saves you. Your emotion that saves you. It is his work on the cross of Calvary. That saves you and changes your life. And there are some. And I will end with that. Those who have Christ as their Savior, I call them, these are the core of the living church. They don't move with the weather. They don't change when there are some little changes. 
they are not bothered by little things that happened in their daily lives. You see them, you meet with them, they're always thanking God, and they're always saying, praise God, I am in his hands. Have you met some of those? I have. And they have inspired my life. I have met some good Christians. Those who can live in joy and in triumph. I put a few things here to encourage you about those. Those who rejoice over the victory that was accomplished by our Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago. Are you rejoicing in that? There are those who have accumulated thousands of hours of fellowship with the Lord in prayer and Bible studies. Did you ever think of this? How many time, how many hours you have accumulated in Bible study, in prayers with the Lord? Can you say a thousand, two thousand? Would you throw them away? No. Those who think and remember... Every time they go through a little test in life, they remember the past that I have been through one of those. And they look back and uh, look at the triumph they had and the victory they had and say, I'm going to look forward. Well, and this shall pass also. Immovable. They are renewed in knowledge. Think of that. They are renewed in knowledge after His image. They are regenerated by the Holy Spirit and washed by His blood. They have acquired a peaceful pattern of thinking that becomes more glorious as times go by. There are people, these church members, these believers... They know what is required of them, that God needs Christians who are separators, not mixers. Did you get that point? The church today is going through a very hard time to be able to continue separating itself from this wicked world. And today, there are many that are calling, let us join hands together. Let's win the world. We join hands with the world. Guess who wins when we join the world? The world takes over. This is the sad story of many churches today. They have, by doing so, they have invited the world to come into their ranks. And they have lost their identity The church has an identity that the Lord Jesus Christ has given to her. And that identity is separation from the world. And we have lost it. That's why we preach it. These people, these God needs Christians who are separators, not mixers. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, let's mix, let's get, let's go get them. We will win them. Have you ever seen someone being mixed in the world and winning the world? The Bible clearly teaches against that. We need people who live with a great burden for souls. With this goal in view, if your Christianity won't work where you are, it won't work anywhere. 
Let me repeat that. If your Christianity won't work where you are, it won't work anywhere. You don't have to go anywhere else. If you are not a good Christian in your church, you're not going to go be a good Christian anywhere else. If you're not a good Christian at home, if you're not that example at home of a good Christian, you're not going to be a good Christian anywhere. And guess what? You think that you're fooling the world and you're fooling people by trying to be nice, trying to act as a Christian. Oh, you know, I read something someone said, if you want to know, if you want to know <coughs> what a good Christian is, okay, what's the bird that imitates uh, people? Parrot. Uh, send your parrot to the preacher. And the parrot will repeat what you've been repeating at home all day long. So if you have a parrot and you send your parrot, give it to the pastor, and the pastor will know what kind of a Christian you are at home. These are the people, the core, that the church is looking for today. Are we the same at home? Are we the same with our kids? Are we the same in our workplace? Oh, yes. If your Christianity won't work where you are, it's not going to work anywhere else. Now, these categories, you saw them. Are you making any, any decisions in your mind? Okay. The burden of sin with these people is gone. They don't have a burden of sin. They are entirely devoted Christians and entirely happy Christians. They strive to be examples of true Christian living. They live in God's presence, support their church, Sacrifice their time and money for God's service. They work and toil silently to win souls for the Christian. For the kingdom. They are builders. Not destroyers. Are you a builder? Do, we, do you qualify as a builder in the church of God? They are helpers. Do you qualify as a helper in the church of God? They're encouragers and above all, good soldiers. They stand for the truth, are not quitters. How many times the devil came to you and says, hey, quit. It's not worth it. It's, it's very difficult. Oh, you've had so much problems. Give it up. Did Jesus quit? He's the standard, right? Did he quit? No. They chose first the kingdom of God and know that all things shall be added to them. These are the core of a living church. They live by faith in expectation that soon the Lord will return and they shall forever be with Him. <clears throat> they don't think the journey ends here. 
Savior. When mocked, ridiculed, and oppressed, and pushed, they echoed with the Apostle Paul when he gave his statements in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. And when they told him not to go to Jerusalem, you're going to die, they're going to take you, and they're going to kill you there. He says, none of these things move me. What moves you? Christian, what moves you? Tell me what moves you. Are you living in fear? Or are you living in total joy for the Lord Jesus Christ? If there's a difficulty there, and the difficulty here. Oh, don't go there. Don't do that. This will create some problems at work. Do, do not cross the line. Do not <coughs> disagree with them. They might fire you. None of these things, he said, move me. I do not count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have that motto? Do you echo that? None of these move me. Then what moves you? Oh, the Holy, may the Holy Spirit move us in the right direction. They have a rule that governs their lives. And I end with this. For Christian living, according to J. Wilbur Chapman, he has this rule and says, Anything that dims my vision of Christ or takes away my taste for Bible study or cramps my prayer life or makes Christian work difficult is wrong for me and I must, as a Christian, turn away from it. What is a true Christian living? I echo what Paul said. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayers. It's good to classify yourself, not measure yourself. Say, hey, which category of Christians I am? Am I really living for Christ? Am I really a 100% Christian? Am I committed to whatever may come? Am I going on this journey with joy regardless? It's good to take a moment and ask yourself these questions. Or am I going through the motions? Or I have my own measurements. I have my own life to live. Which one are you? Which one are we? What is God looking for? These are the questions that we need to ask ourselves this morning, rather this afternoon. And come to the conclusion, what you want to do with your life. Do you want to serve him? Then, 
which classification you are. You want to be the core of this church? The worker, builder, helper, encourager? Take a step forward. And God will bless your life. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to meditate on your word and what you have for us. Yes, we thank you for you are the only one who has the right standard for our lives. Yesterday, today, and forever, no changes with you. We change, but you never change. Help us to pattern our life after you and no one else. We pray that you let this, these few words, simple words, bring their fruits in our lives and do their work in our lives so we can be better Christians, fit for the work for the Master. Be with each and every one. Those who are sick, we pray for those who are sick, for our brother Byron at the hospital and Daphne who is not with us yet. We pray for Kathy and who, those who could not make it this morning, we pray that you visit with them, comfort their hearts, touch them, and bring them back to us safely. We pray that you dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.